I've been waiting 23 years to say that. Hope that my internet doesn't give out because yesterday uh, we had this power surge where like the power went out for a couple seconds and then like since then my internet has been like and I've reset it two times but it's been going kind of in and out like Leanne and I were upstairs watching TV and every once in a while the picture will go like kind of fuzzy which is maybe lame. maybe it's time to unload some of that those porn videos that you've been stocking away you know i keep thinking about that but i need those that's my <laughs> that's my research material yes <laughs> yes <laughs> all right this is the fbi's most unwanted and i'm matt i'm justin and today we are looking at season four episode nine the second part of our two episode arc this one is titled termina Directed by Rob Bowman, written by Chris Carter and Frank Spot, and it's originally aired December 1st, 1996. Uh, and the special guest star this episode is Jan Rubes. And uh, if nobody recognized Jan Rubes, then I don't know how you got through your entire life without seeing D2 The Mighty Ducks. Very true. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie, and I had to look it up because I'm like, I know this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, he played the character Jan. <laughs> His name's Jan, <laughs> and he played the character Jan in uh, D2 The Mighty Ducks. They did not have to work hard that hard to f- come up with the names. <laughs> not in that one, apparently. That's like uh, back in the day on Boy Meets World, Jason Marsden played a character named Jason Marsden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had forgotten about that until recently, and then I it was uh, brought to my attention, and I was like, oh, that's right, he did. <laughs> that was weird. Um, so, yeah, this episode is uh, the second half from Tunguska. Uh, there's not really, like, a ton of background on this one um, because it's kind of the same as as – last time uh the only thing to talk about is uh the tagline at the beginning of the episode the truth is out there was replaced with e per si muove an italian phrase for and yet it moves uh yeah and uh the episode's gulag scenes were inspired by uh Oh, the Gulag Archipelago and One Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich, which I guess were novels by a uh, famous Russian novelist who I'm looking at his picture right now. And he looks Amish because he's got that beard with no mustache going on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Mm-hmm. No, not too much else. Uh, yeah, not too much else interesting behind the scenes, it looks like. So, uh, it, 
yeah, basically this is it. we we meet up with Mulder. He's still in the gulag, uh, even though uh, he was subjected to the black oil at the end of the last episode. We realize that uh, this uh, vaccine that he was inject. Well, actually, that's not where the episode opens. Excuse me. The episode actually opens with the the old lady who um, I guess is given the black oil or something. I don't know what happened to that lady exactly. I, I, I had a feel – the thing that was weird about it was like, yeah, like her – I guess her daughter grabs her out of an old folks home. Yeah. And they take her out to a van. Yep. And I don't know if it was an inoculation or it sounded more like just assisted suicide, but the yeah. but it had to be done off the grounds. Yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah, it didn't really play in anything. It didn't really come back necessarily, but yeah, then Mulder, he's in the dungeon and he's survived the black oil because apparently the, the vaccine worked. Um. And it looks like he and Krychek are going to be moved somewhere. And while they're outside in line, Mulder is is given a sharp object by another prisoner who had made it to commit suicide. And Mulder charges Krychek because Krychek is uh, obviously being all buddy-buddy with one of the captors because he's a double agent. And he tackles Krychek into a truck and steals the truck and flees away. First of all... kind of call bullshit on this because he like he jumps Krychek punches him in the face a couple of times and then none of the guards or anything no like nothing come in they're all backed off so he's just I don't it's another he gets away of, very easily yeah he jumps by out of the bl- back <laughs> and jumps in the front and just drives away and no one stops him it's the power of Mulder yeah yeah and uh <laughs> So uh, then, you know, Mulder, he has stolen this truck. He's driving away and Krychek wakes up and he jumps off the truck and Mulder, he can't stop the truck because it's got bad brakes. He runs the truck off the road and, and it crashes it and he gets out of the truck and hides under a bunch of dry leaves. But Krychek, on the other hand, is found by a group of men whose left arms have all been amputated. Uh, and I, I don't know how this works out exactly. I guess it has to be the left arm because eventually, uh, these people that have rescued Krychek, uh, forcibly amputate his arm to prevent his involvements in the black oil vaccination test. I'm going to say it right now. (laughs) Nothing in this episode is very clear. It really isn't like that whole interaction Krychek had with the guys where he's like trying to screw with them being like, no, they think I'm a double agent. I'm not a double agent and all that. And they're like, I'm oh, American. we're protecting them. Like yeah. stuck here, but they take him and they know better. Um, and I just think the whole, because at this point, I don't know, like, because he's already had the inoculation supposedly or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't see how hours later or days or however long it was severing off the left arm is going to make a difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just yeah. seems like a weird, bizarre thing. 
Well, it gets even weirder because, um, and I'm not telling any of this in order, by the way. Uh, it's too. It jumps back and forth too much. I'm kind of just uh, Jan Rube's character, Vasily Pescal. Uh, who's a former KGB agent. He's an old man. He comes out of retirement. Why? I'm not entirely... He's he's asked to, but I don't... Uh, and he comes to America, and he assassinates this woman, uh, Bonita Charn Sayer. Uh, he, he meets her in the horse barn and uh, strangulates her and makes it look like a horse stepped on her in an accident somehow. It's the, it's the same... Uh... Oh, horse uh, stalls that's owned by um, the well manicured man. Yeah, the well manicured man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we learned that because uh, the smoking man comes to visit the well manicured man, and they they have a conversation about how this lady, uh, this doctor who is developing the Americans' version of the black oil vaccine for the syndicate. That's why he kills her so that he can track down all of the tests, the syndicates test subjects and test the Russian vaccine on them, uh, which I actually guess is what happened to that old lady at the beginning is she was one of the test subjects. Yeah. And well, I, I feel like it plays into what it, like later on in the episode uh, with the old folks home is like, oh, OK. But it was not so clearly put out there, or at least, like, not put well put together. <laughs> no, and actually re-watching this episode, I had trouble concentrating on it, which we can talk about more at the end. Yeah. But um, I literally watched it yesterday, and I'm already struggling. It's a good thing I have the plot synopsis in front of me, or else I'd forget how... Anyway, uh... <laughs> Scully, she's still working on trying to take care of the doctor, uh, Dr. Sachs from the last episode who was invaded by the black oil. <clears throat> and they like see that uh, they, they discover the black oil in his, his in his uh, pineal gland, but they don't really know what it is. They're just like, this is some kind of invasive species and uh skinner is still upset at her because she intercepted she and Mulder intercepted that that bag that had the rock in it and he's in <sighs> and 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 like he's still as uh, they're still having that hearing because right, of his so whole we, the guy's jumping off the being pushed the, off somewhere in the middle of this episode we go back to that senate hearing that actually was the opening of the last one where she's trying to give her speech and and they don't want to hear it and uh meanwhile like that guy sneaks in the uh vasily pascal from the kgb he gives the black oil vaccine to to dr Sachs, so all the black oil leaks out of him so they can't study it it goes away and he takes the rock and he takes the rock away so that they can have more of the black oil for Russia. Uh, and Mulder, meanwhile, he's found by a group of, of Russian peasants. And they help him get back to America. Because obviously this whole time uh, they keep the, the Senate or the House or the Congress keeps asking Scully, you know, you need to tell us where Mulder is. If you know where Mulder is, you need to tell us. And she keeps saying, like, I literally don't know. And so they're like, we'll ask you one more time. Where is agent? Where is he? And Mulder walks in and he's like, where's who? 
Of course. <laughs> Perfect timing. He just shows up right at the last second. It's never really explained how he got back because the last time we saw him, he's like with the peasant, the peasant people, and the one of the, they know he they know they that went he and saw to, Yuri, the Russian peanut butter smuggler. Oh God, <laughs> we'll talk about that on the other one. But. I mean, Stranger Things in eighties, yeah. and Yuri yeah. probably still live in nineties. <laughs> So Yuri, ah, yes. it's the Yuri- I too love the Kate Bush. <laughs> Into the Yuri-verse, where Yuri <laughs> helps Mulder get back to... <laughs> it's just, it's like, the whole, that whole bit, like, he's, like, talking to, like, the, the peasant family, and they're like, oh, you have the inoculation. And then it just shows, like, the guy who found him with a machete, and then that's it. And then next time you see Mulder, he comes into the he comes into the courtroom. Yep, and and uh, basically, you know, he he shows back up, and the committee just adjourns upon his arrival. They apparently have no more, no further questions. Like no, they they adjourned because at the same time that he showed up, um. That they found out that the doctor who had the who got infected with the ooze died. Oh right, 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 right. And they're like, "Well, we're gonna have recess because until we can figure out this new like this new situation." Yeah. So then they that this is when Mulder and Scully they track Pesco down because there was a trail of murders in Boca Raton, Florida, aka God's Waiting Room, aka yeah. <laughs> the United States's uh, old folks home. Uh, uh, and so there's the, they're at an oil refinery for some friggin reason. Uh, no, and- they, they go to the old folks home first. Yes, that's right. So, which I I have to th- because like it's the same old folks home from the woman who died at the beginning, and I I had I just remembered it because, uh, like this woman's going around like giving everyone their meds and stuff, and this old man just wandering around in the middle of the night and she doesn't stop him or anything. Yep. And she like switches out and he switches out meds, uh. Because then Mulder and Scully show up shortly after and to go through all their patients. And they're, one of them was also leaking black ooze. Yes. And they're like, we got, you got to lock this place down. And the Russian guy is just pretending to be asleep in a bed. Mm-hmm. And then just gets up, fixes his jacket, and walks out. <laughs> yeah, and steals the truck. And that's when they, yes, that's when they go to the oil refinery or the oil well i guess and he has like a bomb in the truck and he destroys the last of the oil containing rocks by blowing up the oil well and the truck because Mulder fails to stop the bomb um and basically he tells scully to leave the the kgb agent he tells scully that you know it's too late just leave him alone and then the KGB agent, he goes back to Russia and we find out that he has been hired by Krychek, who now has uh, one of the worst fake hands in the world. It looks like he has just a, uh, a, a mannequin dummy. arm they pulled yeah. off of from a target, a mannequin arm just sticking out of his shirt that he's dunking in his in his tea there. <laughs> uh, I uh, 
I did a very bad job explaining this episode, but mostly because I think this episode has a very bad job explaining itself. Um, because I don't think this episode is, I mean, it's a mythology episode that doesn't actually accomplish very much. It not only does it not accomplish much, it felt very rushed. Yeah. Uh, it felt like that they had enough. Uh, they they that they wanted to do uh, like a two parter, and I felt it. But because then they realized that they put most of it on the front end, mm-hmm. and so the back end was just lacking info and lacking enough time. That and this is just kind of tying up little bits of loose ends that uh, don't have enough material to, I don't think, really make for a, a full, interesting episode. Yeah, because nothing like you said, is explained. <laughs> right, and nothing is explained except for that mostly what we already knew in the first part was that, you know, the, the Russians, because we talked about black oil vaccines and everything in the first episode like that's what they were doing tests for in the first this is basically just showing us okay the russians have a working black oil vaccine and they are trying to destroy the americans same version of the vaccine so that the russians can be ahead of the the syndicate and uh nothing came of that senate hearing and now it's the end not only that but like I feel like they would have made a bigger deal out of the fact that Mulder is techn- is quote unquote inoculated because like he wakes up in the cell and his the guy in the next cell is like is like well they're going to just keep doing this until you die now to make sure it works and stuff. So I feel like it would have been a bigger deal that he told like Scully like it's in me or something along those lines. Sure. But it's never brought back. Yeah, it literally goes nowhere that at the end of last episode we saw they really don't even address it almost yeah. at all. The fact that the vaccine worked on Mulder, other than to at the end of last episode we saw him get infected, and at the beginning of this episode, he's okay. And that is the extent of acknowledging that the vaccine worked on Mulder or that it has any further repercussions later yeah. on down the line <laughs> it really like the more like i just it really felt like they needed a fi- it was a filler that they had some information but then they just kind of they just needed to get from point a to point b and fuck everything else in the middle yeah and, and not even explain because i kind of was like because i was very confused how we got back to the states Mm-hmm. from a peasant village where you last saw a guy hovering over him with a machete. <laughs> I don't normally read what the critics say about episodes, the the general reception. I don't normally talk too much about that, but I have some of the things here that it, say, it says. Uh, Zach Hanlon of the AV Club <clears throat> rated the episode a B-, Finding that it contained too much vamping for time without enough focus on any of the individual plot threads. And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. about right. <laughs> um, Hanlon also felt that the plot thread based on the murder of the well-manicured man's doctor friend should have been the episode's focus and derided the, quote, pomposity of the dialogue elsewhere in the episode. Ah, oh, oh, the pomposity. 
Uh, let's see what else here. It says uh, Robert Shearman and Lars Pearson in their book, Wanting to Believe, A Critical Guide to the X-Files Millennium and the Lone Gunman, rated Terma one star out of five, comparing it unfavorably with the previous episode, uh, kind of like we just did. Shearman and Pearson described the episode as awful, noting that there is, quote, virtually no structure to it at all. Pretty much. Yes. The episode's dialogue was described as being dreadful, boring, and facile with its long, clumsy lines and ever more complex and ever less interesting speeches. Well, that whole that, that really holds true with the part where Scully and Skinner are talking and it's just this roundabout this whole roundabout being like we're here be not because of murder blah 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 all these things we're yeah. here because of they want to know about Mulder and they're like are they asking the wrong questions like no it's the wrong question we they don't want the right answer it's just <laughs> I'll say this much uh, this deep into the series we are reaching the point uh, where I feel Chris Carter uh, and all love to Chris Carter. He created the show and everything, but the episodes he writes are continue are at the point now where they get increasingly, like you said, they get increasingly circular. Lots and lots of saying words without saying a lot, and the ideas get increasingly. Um, <clears throat> uh, not disorganized. They get increasingly um, not going anywhere, and I, I think, I think that's partly the way Chris Carter writes stuff. But I also think we're approaching the point in the series, and this is something we've talked about before for this show where the 24 episodes a season and not knowing if you're going to get picked up for another season begins to work against your storytelling. Yeah. Because you can't give answers to something you might need to continue to write more of. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it, I mean? It, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty much the, it's like, okay, we got to give him enough information to get what we're getting across, but we don't want to give any everything away because there's always the slight chance we'll come back for another season. And I also, but when I say that's also partly Chris Carter's fault is I think the way that they could have solved that retroactively, obviously at the time, nobody realized this. This is kind of a looking back at the format and knowing the challenges, but if they knew that they may or may not keep going, tell the story you want to tell. And then if you get picked up again, just think of another story. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think he maybe had this one mystery that he wanted to tell and kept drawing that mystery out longer than it should have which leads to episodes like this where lots of ideas are there but you don't really get any answers to anything yeah just keep just gotta keep rocking the boat and hoping that uh that you'll give enough of the information uh 
to warrant people to keep wanting to tune in. Yeah. But also being vague enough that uh, that they could, if it got canceled, mm-hmm. they could like be like, "Oh, like mystery! Like you'll never know." Yeah, exactly. So I guess those were our our kind of final thoughts. What would you kind of grade this one? I yeah, guess? D minus. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. It's pretty bad. Um. Like I said, even earlier, I couldn't focus on it. Like nothing was, I kept like checking out because just nothing was happening. <laughs> nothing <laughs> interesting was being said. So if it couldn't hold my attention for more than a minute or two at a time, I was, yeah, I got to give it like a D minus. <laughs> uh, next week's episode is Paper Hearts, which is better. I promise you that one is better. That's a kind of a monster of the week kind of. Uh, very Mulder, Mulder's story focused. Rather. All right, so, cool. Yeah, that's a paper hearts is much better. So sweet. That'll be the next time around. Later. Later. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.